ask, what does love mean? And so uh, someone, one of these children said, love is when a girl puts on perfume and a boy puts on shaving cologne and they go out and smell each other. <laughs> love, is, love is when you kiss all the time. Then when you get tired of kissing, you still want to be together and you talk more. My mommy and daddy are like that. They look gross when they kiss. <laughs> love is what makes you smile when you're tired. That's pretty perceptive, isn't it? Love is like a little old woman and a little old man who are still friends even after they know each other so well. I let my big sister pick on me because my mom says she only picks on me because she loves me. So I pick on my baby sister because I love her. Love cards, like Valentine's cards, say stuff on them that we'd like to say ourselves, but we wouldn't be caught dead saying. When you love somebody, your eyelashes go up and down and little stars come out of you. And then finally, and this is, this is classic, God could have said magic words to make the nails fall off the cross, but he didn't. That's love. Amen. And you and I need to get to know God's love better. And we can. We can grow in love, can't we? God's love is huge in our lives. If, if we get this right, everything else will be right. If we get it wrong, everything else will be wrong. Franklin P. Jones says, love doesn't make the world go round. Love is what makes the ride worthwhile. Amen. Ephesians 3, verse 17 through 19 is our text. And uh, I just want you to look at the Word of God with me tonight, and then we're going to take off, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, depth, and height to know the love of God or the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of of God. I like that that verse verse 19 to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. It's we are able to get to know Jesus's love that in the natural mind cannot be received. It cannot be understood in the natural mind but because uh, we have God come live inside of our hearts, we began to know something that is, has previously been unknowable, that we might be filled with all the fullness of God. Some of the most hellish lies of the devil that he uses against us is God doesn't love you or God doesn't care, and it is such a lie. Uh, Jesus loved us when we were at our worst, didn't he? 
That's when he died for us. And so tonight, I pray, if, if you only get this, I pray that you do get this, and that is, God loves you. And I want you to say this with me out loud tonight. I am loved by God. Let's say it again. I am loved by God. See, Satan does not want us to know this because if we do, if we know that we are loved by God, then we will be filled with the fullness of God. He is so worried about you and I having an understanding and revelation of God's love in our life because if we do understand and know the love of Christ, we're going to mess him up. We are going to mess him up. If we know the love of Christ, then the, the lies of the devil and the assaults of hell are going to fall on death's spiritual ears. We are not going to be so susceptible to his lies. We're not going to be so susceptible to his temptations. We are not going to be susceptible so much to his stealing and killing and destroying. Why? Because we know the love of Christ and he cannot talk us out of it. Hallelujah. We need to know his love tonight and that comes by revelation. And so we just need to know and grow in his love. And I want you to say, I'm going to know and grow in God's love. If we really know His love, it will affect everything else in our lives. It will affect our sense of security in life. It will affect our happiness. It will affect our peace. It, it literally will affect everything. So I'll tell somebody everything. And so tonight we're going to look at something else God's love does for us. This is a, the second part of a three-part message we'll be dealing again next week on love. But God's love tonight will help us feel safe. And there's a song I, I want to play for you just a, a little bit tonight. It gives you an idea of what we're going to look at. good? You know, there are too many Christians, too many believers that don't feel safe. 
And we may have reasons for this. Uh, there, there, are, there are things that compete with our sense of security. It may be the economy, our own personal economy. Uh, the, uh, the, the economy in our nation is, is, is better now, but there's always naysayers, isn't there? There's always those who are saying, well, there's another bubble that's going to burst. Can I tell you something? It, even, if our, even, even if our nation's economy burst, even if the world economy burst, God's economy is not going to burst. We can have a sense of security knowing that we are safe in His arms. Uh, uh, the world is a scary place to live nowadays. It's it's a strange time to be alive. Uh, we are we are uh, wondering what North Korea is going to do, and if they're going to send missiles over, you know, into the United States. I, and I remember when I was a, a five, six-year-old boy, and the Cuban Missile Crisis back in those days. And we're living in times of, and I remember the insecurity even as a little boy of of that. And we're living in times that feel uh, uncertain in certain areas. But you know what? God loves us tonight, and we can feel safe in His arms. God's love will help us feel safe. 1 John chapter 4, verse 18 says, There is no fear in love, because perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. He who fears has not been made perfect in love. When he talks about, John is writing about perfect love casting out fear, he's talking about God's love. God's love is the only perfect love, and tonight it will help free us from fear. And and this fear that he is writing about in this verse isn't just about uh, the fear of, of things that go bump in the night. Now, I have at times had uh, occasion to be a little uh, startled by noises and things that go bump in the night. You ever been there? You ever experienced that? Some time ago, Cindy and I were, had just, we just gotten to the bed. We're just getting ready to drift off to sleep, and I hear something go, crash, boom, bang, you know, like that in the house. And uh, it's, it was startling. It wasn't, you know, and, and most of our houses have weird little noises every once in a while. Our refrigerator pops sometimes, makes some noises. Or, or if we've left the uh, ice maker on, the ice dumping into the ice tray will make that crashing. And, and it's real pretty close to our room. And so that can, that can be uh, a little disconcerting. Some, but we've kind of gotten to know those sounds. This was a, this was a different kind of sound. It was a def- definite sound that came from something or someone. Now, I've got a couple of friends that helped me out in circumstances like that, and it didn't Harry or John. Uh, it's Smith and Wesson. And so, and this was some time ago, but I reached in my bedside drawer and pulled out a uh, Smith and Wetson, and then after I did that, I I called out in the house. I said, I've got a gun. And I realized as soon as I yelled that out that it was probably a stupid thing to say, you know. And 
And I, I, nobody else shouted back, we've got one too. And so I felt safe enough to go, go out and investigate. And I found out as, as I went into the, to the uh, garage uh, that a lid on a garbage can had fallen off. I put something in before we went to bed. The lid fell off and banged. And but you know those those kind of things can can be startling. All of us have had times when something has happened that momentarily made us afraid. It might have been a car that almost sideswiped us, or one of our kids uh, uh, got hurt, or uh, a garbage can lid in the garage goes bump in the night, uh, and and our Adrenaline gets going, and we get an adrenaline rush, and our hearts beat a little faster, and then it's over. These are momentary fears that pass pretty quickly, but there's another kind of fear that really is hellish. It is a persistent, ongoing, continual dis ease in our hearts. And it may be related to circumstances or problems that we have or, or, or difficulties with people or whatever it is, but this sense of fear is something that we just may not feel that we can shake it off. The real source of this kind of fear, this ongoing fear, is hell itself. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The nature of this kind of fear, it says it's a spirit, and it is spiritual, it is hellish. 1 John 4, verse 18 again says that this fear involves torment. And again, it's that kind of nagging, constant sense that things aren't right, that we're troubled, we are afraid, we feel vulnerable. And tonight, as believers, we are not meant to live that way. Now, all of us experiences at times in our life where we maybe get that, that momentary fear that hits when, when uh, we're almost have an accident or something troubling happens at that moment, but it should not be and need not be a constant thing of torment for us, that type of fear. God's Word says love can set us free. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. Now, when this verse says, perfect love cast out fear, there is a force behind this. As it says, it, love, perfect love cast out fear, it literally means to violently cast away. The phrase cast out is the same phrase that's used through the gospel for the casting out of demons. And so it's a forceful term. And perfect love rids us of that fear. God's love wants to get down deep inside of our hearts and free us from torment, free us from fear, free us from that nagging sense that things are unwell in life and with us. And listen, those kind of fears are spiritual and hellish in nature. 
and there's a way to drive it out, and that's when we really know the love of God. There's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. You see, God's love will help us get free of fear. Somebody say, I believe that. God help us to know tonight that love means he is always there. God is always there backing us up. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 31, it says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Now that is a good verse there. If God is for us, who can be against us? God, we have His love always backing us up. Now, the Bible goes to great lengths to let us know that God's love is not something that's at a distance. Some of you will remember years ago, Bette Midler sang the song, uh, God is Watching Us. God is watching from a distance. God is watching us from a distance. Now, it was... Uh, a beautifully sung song, but can I tell you something? It's horrible doctrine. God isn't watching us at a distance. God's love tonight, God help us to know this. His love is up close and personal. But you know, so many people think about God's love, and it's and when they think of it, it's kind of just ethereal, uh, kind of just vague, kind of just out there somewhere at a distance. We don't really know what it does, but we know it's out there somewhere. The Beatles sang, you know, all you need is love. All you need is love, love. Love is all you need. Love you, you know, and on and on and on. So, you know, when... When they sang, it's kind of like, you know, we, well, we really don't understand so much what it is, but whatever it is, when you find it, it's all you really need. But God's love isn't just out there. It gets up close and personal. Jesus was and is God's love up close and personal. Matthew chapter 1, verse 23 says, And they shall call him Emmanuel, talking about Jesus, uh, which means God with us. Tonight, I want you to say, God is with me. And if God is with me, who can be against me? See, God's love means that he is always with us, that uh, he is always there backing us up. And if God... Uh, loves us and is with us, who can stand against us? Knowing this, listen, and this is why it's so important, knowing this will help us feel safe because we're never alone. In Romans chapter 8, verse 35, and then verse 38 and 39, the Word of God says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels or principalities nor power nor things present nor things to come 
nor height, nor depth, nor any other creative thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, did you catch the drift in these verses? What he is writing, and the Apostle Paul is trying to get across to us is a revelation of God's love, and that is that you and I do not need to be afraid of the worst that can happen tribulation, distress, famine, even death itself, all of that bad stuff that is listed here is bracketed by a question and then an answer. And the question is this in verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And that is answered in verse 39, nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, we tonight, and I pray, I sense God's presence trying to get on and influence us tonight. We don't have to be afraid of even the worst that could happen in life because we are never alone. As long as He is with us, we will be okay. If God is for us, who can be against us? We are never alone. I have never forgotten the feeling as I was about a four-year-old and I was in a, a, a department store with my mom she was shopping, and I was, you know, four-year-old kid hanging. And, and so I got distracted in one of the aisles in this department store. I was probably looking at toys. I don't remember what, what it was that distracted me, but I got carried off by myself, you know. And, and when I finally came to myself, I looked around, and I didn't see my mom. And, I mean, sheer panic set in. I went running up and down that aisle. I couldn't see her. I, I looked in the next aisle, didn't see her. And it, what seemed like an eternity, which probably was only a matter of seconds, but panic as a little four-year-old boy thinking, oh, my gosh, she ditched me. <laughs> and I, you know, quickly found her, put my arms around her legs, and and she uh, she was she was a good mom. She, my my mom wouldn't have ditched me, but I was afraid at that moment. Now the truth is, in all of our lives, we've probably known the pain of someone ditching us. It might have been a husband, or a wife, or a best friend, maybe a parent. But we need to know something tonight, and that is that God will never ditch us. Some of us really need to know this because we've experienced the pain of some of those closest to us having betrayed us or turned against us, spoken words against us, and because of that, it rattles a sense of confidence in our hearts, and we need the assurance and the confidence about the God that we love and who loves us and that we serve, and that is uh, He will always be there for us. When we go through difficulty, when we go through hard times or, or experience a crisis in our life, it can make us question, God, have you, have you left me? Or God, have you ditched me? And I want you to know tonight, or, and I should say this, 
God wants us to know that his love means that's an impossibility. It's an impossibility. And in Isaiah 49, verse 15, it says, Can a mother forget her nursing child? Can she feel no love for the child she has born? But even if that were possible, I would not forget you. God help us to get that. That it is possible in life. We are we probably everyone here in this building has had a time in our life where someone who was close to us uh, may have uh, 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 stopped loving us and spoken uh, words to us of rejection, and we felt the sting and the pain of that rejection. But God says, even though, though the person, that mother, who may be the closest person in the natural, who is supposed to be the closest person in the natural to us, even though they may forget, God says, we are unforgettable. Now, there's a song in that, too, but I'm going to spare you tonight, unforgettable. Part of what Jesus suffered was so we wouldn't have to feel alone ever again. Now listen carefully. There's an obscure verse of Scripture in the book of Hebrews that we may not have given much attention to before, and it's in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 12. It says, Therefore Jesus also that he might sanctify the people with his own blood suffered outside the gate. This says of Jesus that he suffered outside the gate, and it was talking about the gate at Jerusalem. This was the ultimate picture of rejection, dying outside of the city gate, And when Jesus died outside of the city on Golgotha's hill, uh, he felt alone. Jesus felt rejected. And when our sins were placed upon him, the Bible says he became sin offering for us as he was on the cross. He even felt uh, that he was rejected by God. He cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And had that been the end of the story, it would uh, have been the, the, the saddest story ever told instead of the greatest story ever told. But tonight, that wasn't the end of the story, was it? When he died, he said, it is finished. They, they put his body in the tomb, rolled a stone on the tomb, and three days later, he rose again from the dead and now promises us never to leave us alone. Never to leave us alone. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 and 6 says, For he himself, this is Jesus speaking, has said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. What? I will not fear. What can man do to me? There is a sense of boldness. There is a sense of confidence. There is a security that comes into our lives when we recognize the love of God, that love of God has been pledged to us, and we can have an assurance that he will never leave us. 
He will never forsake us. Jesus felt those feelings as he died with our sins on him on the cross, uh, but it wasn't over. Uh, thank God the Heavenly Father had not forsaken him, and three days later he rose again from the dead, and now you and I, as we receive Christ into our lives, into our hearts, uh, he lives inside us and pledges that he will never leave us or forsake us, and the result of that is we have an assurance that God is our helper. And because God is our helper, we don't have to fear. We don't have to be afraid. Because if God is for us, who can be against us? When I was a, a, a kid in, in high, uh, junior high, junior high, well, between junior high and high school, um, I uh, I was flirting with a girl. No, it was, it was ninth grade, so just got into to high school. And uh, I was flirting with a girl in our class. And, uh, you know, she's, she was pretty friendly to me. So it wasn't like she was just, ah, don't talk to me. You know, she was kind of encouraging me a little bit. At least I, I thought she was, you know. And, but uh, she, had a, she had a boyfriend, and he was huge. And his name was Jim Payne. <laughs> I know. It's almost like a thing out of Rocky, you know. <laughs> what do you predict for this fight? Payne. Yeah. Jim Payne, you know. And so uh, this girl's older sister, he was a year older than me and, like, uh, infinitely bigger than me. And uh, his, her older sister told Jim Payne that I had been flirting with his girlfriend. And so he sent word through me, uh, to me through this sister of this girl I'd been flirting with, that he was going to do some very unpleasant things to my anatomy. <laughs> and I was terrified. But I had a friend that, because he was a year older than me, I had a friend that was two years older than me, that we'd been childhood friends, grew up in the neighborhood together. His name was Randy Lehman. And I, so I went, to, I went down the street after, after we got, I got home from school. I went down the street, knocked on Randy's door, and said, man, I explained to him uh, what was going on. And I said, man, Jim Payne is going to do unpleasant things to my anatomy. And I was thinking that, that this guy would, would stand up for me, you know, and say, well, I, I got your back. You know what he did? He looked at me and said, wow, that's horrible. He's huge. And I'm thinking, you don't have to tell me he's huge. I know. I'm, I'm, you're, you're my backup, right? And, and that was just it. He wasn't going to help me a bit. And so I, uh, I ended up uh, talking my way out of my problem, and I stand before you alive and whole tonight because of, because of my gift of gab, I was able to repent. <laughs> but you know, he didn't have my back. Can I tell you something about God's love? He always has our back. We can we can feel safe because. He is always with us. And can I tell you something about the love of God? It means that we can go through 
anything in life and come out the other side. Anything. You say, anything? You mean I can? Anything. Anything? Anything. The worst that life could throw at us, we are able to come through. Why? Because of the love of God. Now, I, uh, I will say I have had a really good life with God over decades now. I've had a real blessed life. But in the midst of that, I've also had some real heartbreaking experiences. I've had a few crises in my life that uh, knocked the wind right out, the spiritual wind right out of me. And where I wondered, I, I didn't ever wonder if I was going to continue to serve God. I'd made a decision that I was going to serve God, but I did wonder if life would ever be good again, if I would ever recover from, from that circumstance. And I want you to know tonight that the, the things, the crises, the, the difficulties that we go through in life, God always will lift us up. He'll always, 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 in anything, continue to be there, have our back, and lift us up. One verse of Scripture uh, to close with in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6, says, To the praise of the glory of His grace, by which He has made us accepted in the Beloved. Some of the worst lies of hell are God doesn't love you or God doesn't care. And I'm telling you tonight, they're lies. It's a lie. When Christ comes into our hearts, He makes us accepted in the beloved. I like that word, beloved, beloved, beloved. And it's terrible grammar, but I want you to say this with me tonight. I be loved. <laughs> I be loved. You are loved tonight. And I want, you, I want us all to say it one more time, and then we're going to pray tonight. I want you to say those five words with me again. I am loved by God. I am loved by God. Let's say it again. I am loved by God. And you know what that love means? That love means that we do not have to fear life, the things present or things to come, those things that are yet ahead of us, we can face with an assurance and a confidence because of the awesome constancy of God's love. We're safe in His arms. Can you say amen? Say again, I be loved. Amen. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes tonight. You're here, and maybe uh, you need to respond to that love with forgiveness, his forgiveness for your life. Maybe you've never given your life to Christ. You've been away from him for some time. And tonight you say in your heart of hearts, you know what, I really just tonight want God's forgiveness to just settle in over my life and bring forgiveness to me. Nobody looking around for a moment. Heads are bowed, no one looking around just for a moment. You say, I want to I ask Jesus to forgive me tonight 
uh, come into my life. Maybe it's the first time or maybe you've been away from him. You say, I just want to ask his forgiveness. You just raise your hand up where I can see it and know to include you in this prayer. God bless you. I see your hand. God bless you. Honest, honest hearts. God bless you. Amen. His love ensures us that his forgiveness will come the moment we ask. <laughs> Praise God. Let's stand at our feet tonight. <laughs> We're going to pray a prayer, all of us together. And this is, this is a prayer, but it's also a confession. And we're going we're gonna to speak our faith out to God through prayer. Let's bow our heads and just pray this out. Would you re repeat this prayer with me? Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross, for suffering for my sin. I believe you did it for me. And I thank you for that. I ask for your forgiveness. I receive your forgiveness. And I receive your love. I thank you tonight that I can face my today and my tomorrow because you love me. I am loved by God. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. Now would